Hello, this is Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers podcast. My guest today is Nigel Postings. Nigel is managing partner and a founder of BizSize, helping companies target existing and potential channel partners. Nigel and his partners have built a new tool on Azure with intelligence and AI to crunch business signals, marketing insights, and cloud propensity and digital impact, and assure you've got the right partner recruiting, coverage, and investments. And I got to know Nigel well over a decade ago when he was at Microsoft serving as a director worldwide channels. There, we got to collaborate on assessment and ROI tools for Microsoft partners. He later left to join KPMG. We was also focused on channel marketing and sales enablements. There are few who know more about what it takes to create and enable good partner channels. And with that, I'm so happy to welcome Nigel Postings to the show. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for the intro. I really appreciate it. It's great to talk to you today. Absolutely, Nigel. So I know that a lot of firms, firms that we work with, firms that you work with, they're looking to grow more effectively, particularly in sales. Um, Go-to-market can be very expensive. Sales can be very expensive. And many of them are looking at channel partners as a much more efficient and effective way to grow, uh, to achieve revenue growth and do so more effectively. What are you seeing in terms of the, the channel trends now in terms of mix in revenue? No, that's a great question, Tom. And I always go back to my days at Microsoft where at many of the partner conferences that, you know, VP of channel always sort of Alison Watson at the time talked about that, you know, 96, 97% of revenue for Microsoft came through channel. And it's still the same and important today. You know, we talk to many clients and having a strong indirect sales model with channel partners that understand the technology and services that they want to sell and, and can articulate that to the end customer is still just as important today as it was uh, yesterday. So the mix is still not exact figures, it varies, but from all the companies that we're talking to, many are in that growth mode, uh, looking to identify channel partners with the right skill set and the right availability to engage and win customers on their behalf. Absolutely. And we're seeing about the same thing. You know, most of the customers we partner with are in that kind of 60 to 70% indirect sales model and many are looking for a lot of the growth to come from the indirect i think that there's been this push where direct sales is often seen as expensive uh, and difficult to grow good enterprise salespeople, as an example are often hard to find so we've seen the shift to kind of inside sales and channel partners to try to capture that growth less expensively but it's not always easy to do that because you don't own the channel partner sales force. It's often hard to uh, get channel partners to want to represent your solution, to integrate it into their unique solutions and offerings, and then to get them ultimately to be successful. And I think that when, when we were talking about this, you've got a way to kind of group partner programs into, into two kind of um, uh, categories that you see and as a way to kind of uh, categorize this for success. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, no, yeah, it's great. And so if I leverage a little bit of the skill set I, I, I gained at KPMG, we always think of um, companies, uh, customers always buy in two modes. They're buying in growth mode, either looking to grow rapidly. It could be the build, building new technology or they're entering new geos, or they may be in trouble. Trouble may be the competitors coming to their market. There may be other things are affecting their thoughts there. 
So when we think of channel, and I'll, I'll give uh, two examples, we, we apply our technology in the same place. So for us, BizSize, you know, our typical clients are uh, clients that, such as the Microsofts of the world, think of, you know, first party, that could be a hardware or a software solution. We, we work with distribution partners and we work with ISVs, again, that need a reseller model. Uh, typically, then they fit into one of these two molds. Um, growth mode is where you've got many companies that are coming in uh, and they, they have a new product or a new solution and then they, they need to rapidly grow their channel, their indirect sales model. So when we work with companies that are in growth mode, we can first of all identify for them, you know, what is the addressable market? How many ISVs, how many MSPs, CSPs are there in market today that they could potentially engage with? We typically then go in and, and score those partners aligned with the propensity to maybe resell their product. So growth mode is really how do I grow my channel quickly for a new product, for a new geo. And in optimized mode, it could be trouble or it could be that you've changed strategy. And you may have a bunch of partners from work you've done very successfully in the past, but because you have new solutions, if I think back to the days when Microsoft moved from on-prem to cloud, yep. the move of partners, it took time. And that could be same with other companies that may be reselling hardware products. Um, people need to move to the digital age. So again, we can look at your existing channel. We can look at certain factors and score them and say, hey, maybe you should invest more in this partner. Maybe you should de-invest there. And then also that leaves then potential gaps in coverage. And we as besides then go and help and say, okay, the partners you have today, these are ones you should be working with, but now with those gaps, let's go and help you recruit. So those are the two modes. Optimize, look at your existing partner base, and then you may uncover opportunities to recruit more. And then if you're in growth mode, which hopefully a lot of people are, it's identifying the next reseller agents or partners for you. Yeah, so looking through those different lenses, because I do view them as you know, two different programs within an organization and need to be managed very different ways. What are some of the big challenges that you're seeing in, in these channel partner programs today? What would you point out as the top two or three? I think that the one I see consistently is where a, the, what I say, the, the, the tier one, the, the, the cloud provider or the hardware provider, or, and this could also be applicable to non-technology markets as well, mm -hmm. is if you're changing business model and it takes time then for your existing channel for them to rechange, for them to change their model. And rightly so, they may have an existing business for them that they want to continue to bring in revenue. So it's companies that are changing business model going into new markets that need to rapidly identify net new partners they can work with. So that, that's the biggest challenge. And then waiting for the lag maybe where partners reboot their business model and then can align to, to um, uh, what they're selling today. Then the other, the other challenge is that partners have choice. You know, there are, there are great companies out there, you know, think of uh, AWS, Microsoft, Google, you know, partners have choice and need to align to what their customer needs are. So identifying today with your existing partners, what is the affinity to your products? You know, they may be work, they may be driving revenue with you today, but they may be growing revenue with maybe one of your competitors more. So it's really maintaining the, the affinity to your product and investing in those right partners today. So those are the those are the two challenges: changing business models, and then affinity and loyalty to to you as a, as a provider of the, of, the, of the software or hardware. Yep. And Nigel, one of the things that we're seeing too that you didn't mention is that, you know, the way that a channel partner 
connects and engages with the buyer, I think, is being challenged as well today. So there's changing solutions that are going into them, and they've got to change their business model in a lot of ways. Um, partners have a lot more choice nowadays, and so it's mm -hmm. hard to get, as you're a vendor and a solution provider, to get your solutions top of mind and um, to be um, easy to sell for them. But on the other side, too, the buyers that the partners are dealing with have substantially advanced. Um, what are you seeing there? And how do you kind of get a channel partner to recognize that and maybe shape and change the buying experience? Yeah, it, it, you're right. I mean, even for us, the, the the selling cycle can sometimes be longer. You know, the different there are different buyers in the organization. In the past, you could think of IT. Typically, the CIO may be involved with the buying purchase or somewhere within his team. More and more now, you're touching the business. So it could be the chief marketing officer. You know, for us, it could also be the chief financial officer because you know we're affecting things that could be on the bottom line and top line. And so you need to resonate with your message needs to resonate with what they're seeing as as a CFO of a business. So it, it is it is challenging. You know, identifying who the buyer of your product or service is, and then what are the signals you're looking for. You know, very often when we look at our technology and we work with some of these large companies, when we identify their customers, which are the partners, it's picking up signals around, okay, where are these partners successful, et cetera, uh, and then really aligning that so that the, the Microsofts and the others of the world can then recruit those partners. So it is, it is the, the changing roles, the messaging you need to create, uh, and then how you need to align to the, the needs of the business, I would say. Yeah, and then you guys are passionate about making sure you've got the right partners to start with, right? Because it is expensive to arm and to enable a channel partner to onboard them, to train them, to then get them optimized, uh, and then to make sure they're not going to churn. I think a lot of that comes down to just making sure you've got the right partners identified and recruited to start with, right? Exactly, yes. You know, one thing we do is, you know, we, we have kind of our four pillars for a channel health index. The business basics need to be right. You know, is the business growing? How rapidly they're growing? You know, what type of geos are they selling into? You know, what type of partner are they? You know, sometimes companies are looking to recruit ISVs, MSPs, CSPs, that could all change. What segments is your potential recruit selling into? All those things I look at as the business basics, as well as industries. We then look at, you know, um, marketing insights, we call it, you know, how dominant are those partners in positioning their products in the marketplace across things such as web and social? You know, what products and services are they promoting? You know, which, you know, going back to the affinity conversation, are they promoting your solution above a solution of a competitor? Um, you know, are they promoting specifics and are there relationships involved? Um, we can look at the propensity of cloud of any given partner. You know, are they using the technology themselves? And finally, you know, what is the digital impact? What we like to do is, you know, see how active they are um, in, in their digital transformation. How are they connecting to customers, not only in the, in the, in the relationship selling, but also in the digital market? And, how, and also how influential are they across the various social tools, such as LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter? <laughs> and we bring all those things together to really say, okay, if you are looking for a particular partner, a particular type, type of revenue, the product selling, we can be very targeted and specific uh, for, for your needs. So that's, that's how we get very targeted. And Nigel, I love how you've pulled it together into this, this index, as you call it, kind of a health index. And you use that for recruiting and you, when you're doing the grow mode, but in optimized mode, you do the same, right? So you're looking 
at uh, and have created this proprietary lens to look at the landscape um, of new potential partners so that you've got this multi-dimensional index that you've created um, and it'll give you a very clear health score of who the best partner is to recruit and then on the optimized side the same right so that you're getting yeah. that that index into which one of your partners are matched still with you and which ones may you may need to spend less time and resources on so you could add the ones that could potentially grow your business better yeah exactly i mean i i, I won't give a specific company but it's a large global company and we worked in one geo where we scored their existing partners across the multi-tiers they had in the program. It came clear, became clear the way they wanted to grow the market, some of those partners were not going to be able to be brought along. They also said, by the way, here's a bunch of 800 partners we kind of lost contact with. And wow, you looked within that list quickly, some partners that needed to re-engage were very successful, sometimes with some of their competitors. So the optimized can also not only tell you what you have, but where, you've, where you may have lost contact and need to re-engage. And then obviously then the, the recruit you know, we, we start out with the total addressable market aligned to what the particular scope is. And examples there are, you know, we work with companies that get very finite, very finite requirements. So they're looking for um, managed service providers in a particular geo that focus on, say, Microsoft Modern Workplace, mm -hmm. dynamic CRM, and in the financial sector. So we can get very, very targeted with the type of partners they then want to go out and recruit. Awesome. So once that partner is on board, now you have to enable them to be able to, to sell better. Um, you know, there's content they need access to, playbooks, tools. Um, unfortunately, it's not that easy often to enable partners to be successful. You don't have control over them. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of organizations don't provide the same sales enablement that they do to their give to their direct reps, to their indirect reps. In fact, a recent survey from Forrester, I had the pleasure of interviewing Mary Shea the other day uh, from Forrester, and she indicated that over 50% of um, sales and marketing uh, leaders within organizations, when it comes to channel partners, they're not confident that the channel partner can represent the value proposition to the customer and represent the messaging properly. And I think that that's, that's pretty sad when you come down to it, especially when you're relying so much on these channel partners to, to sell for you, right? That they're not even confident that the, the channel partner can articulate uh, value. So what have you seen in terms of good programs of, of enabling partners? You got the right partner on board, you've, you've used the biz size tool to do that. Now it comes time to enable them. How do you do that effectively? What have you seen as the best ways? Um, you know, going back to my days at Microsoft and KPMG, you know, there's various different things. There's, there's, it can't be under, you know, undervalued that your digital outreach. You know, how do you contact customers? You know, I, I heard a, a quote the other day that you know, if you if you drive an outbound campaign, um, and you decide to use email or or whatever, you know, you have six seconds. You need <laughs> six seconds to get the the VP of channel or whatever it is you want to talk to, to get them interested enough to go to the next, to the next click. So I think having a good digital mix, um, you know, being able to, to have the right value prop, you know, very often when we work with these companies, we can tell you who to go after, but even in the recruitment mode, you have to have the right message, you know, the right message that resonates why you want to be able to do business with this company. And this is then the same for the partners when they sell to their end customers, yep. you have to have a message that resonates their business needs. So a long answer to your question, I think it's a mix of one, the, the, the outbound capabilities, how you, how you derive and get net new customers. And then more importantly, it's, it's 
maintain once you have that customer how you maintain them it's that it's a relationship based and as you said it's, it's understanding all the business basics uh, yeah. and making sure your your customer is successful in what they're doing and one of the things nigel that we think is critical and again mary shea in the the interview with forrester that we did pointed this out 2020 the year of channel sales enablement and sales enablement for her is the the kind of sales engagement tools which is that outreach the ability for the sellers within the organization to have that effective outreach um, sales automation and enablement so that the sellers at the channel partner have the content they need personalized mm -hmm. in context at the right time and and um, within the right context to have that valuable uh, value-added conversation and engagement with the prospect and then sales readiness right to make sure that the partners have access to the training and education they need to be confident capable and credible with the customer I call that the three C's yeah. so absolutely so um, I know that um, when we engaged with you at Microsoft and, and with the channel partners, we had developed a very specific type of tool or type of tools that um, Microsoft was using. And I just want to talk about that a little bit. And they were uh, as a collection of assessment tools that Microsoft used to engage customers and the channel partners really latched on to this as a great go to market. Um, and the assessment tools enabled the channel partners to do a health check of the prospect that they were going to visit, a capability maturity assessment. And um, that's another program that we see as extremely effective, being able to give your partners new go-to-market tools that they could use to engage customers instead of a, just giving them a deck to say, here, talk about when you're going out to talk about Microsoft Dynamics, you know, here's the deck you use instead, or in a, adjacent to that, Here's a tool you can use so that they can assess how good they are with their CRM and their customer engagement tools and, and instead um, have a dynamic tool to use instead of just a static PowerPoint or static collateral. Yeah, I, I, I remember those tools were, were looked by partners, very, very successful. And I think there's even more need for them now. You know, you, know, you and I spoke uh, in the past where I think, you know, the work we do, this if we go in and assess, say the optimize, you know, we can look at partners individually, but, you know, having tools and understanding the business and sort of saying, okay, I, I think of a quadrant of partners, you know, the most successful partners are partners that are growing themselves and growing with you as a business. You want partners to be in that top right quadrant, but then there could be partners that are performing well, but not necessarily with you, they may be growing their business with other partners. Yep. Uh, and then there's ones you that are not growing and are not growing with you where you should start to de-invest in. So going back to the tools we've used with you around the, you know, the assessments around the, what was the infrastructure assessment at the time, it's great to have a point in time view of, okay, where are you today compared mm -hmm. to the norm? And then as, as you start to, you know, hopefully while business, we help you uh, identify the partners you should reinvest in and ones yep. you should recruit or re-engage you know, continue to map that trend, continue over at a solution level, at a geo level, continue to try and highlight and identify the partners you, you continue to invest market, marketing development funds with, um, uh, give resources to, and um, so it's still very, very important. And that was, that was groundbreaking at the time, the tools that you developed uh, uh, around the IO model, you know, it really gave people an idea to think about, you know, where is my customer on that journey? And it was great to do that assessment very, very quickly. And your tools, I think, are are brown, 
groundbreaking today, how you're aggregating all of this information and then applying AI and machine learning so that you can better target, you know, based on your strategy, is it an optimized mode or growth mode to get the visibility and the data that you need to make the right recruiting decisions or triage decisions or optimization decisions, like you said on MDF, yeah. uh, I think is critical because I know a lot of channel programs aren't necessarily run with that kind of visibility and that kind of data and insights. So talk a little bit about that. So I'm a channel manager and I, I'm, I want to create a strategy. How do I use the biz size tool to do that? Number, I mean, it goes back to our earlier conversation. Number one is understanding where you are at a given point in time. Mm -hmm. you know, what, you know, given where you want to drive your strategy, and that could be the solutions or the geos and the, and the industries you want to focus on, where are you today? And so very much from a biz size perspective, we can give you that, that insight. You know, we can take a look at your partners. We, we can look at all the external indicators, as well as other indicators you may have yourselves. You know, for, uh, another global company you work for, you know, we, we had revenue, but we wanted to look at revenue after we scored the partners. So it's great then to align, okay, does this map up? And it's, it's pretty good. So assessing your current state is very, very important. And then secondly, you know, when you know where you are, where do you want to go to and what is it going to take? You know, coverage is a very, uh, the word we use a lot, and I think is still very relevant today. You know, have you got the right number of resellers to sell to the addressable market in terms of customers today? And if not, how do you then close that gap by driving that recruitment? So it's very much, you know, assess current state, you identify a gap, and then how do you close that gap by either increasing the number of deals your current partner can sell, such as an enablement that you spoke to, or how do you close that gap by recruiting net new partners to, to fill? Absolutely. So what's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave the audience today when it comes to channel partner programs? Um, I always think that the, that the partners have choices um, and the successful one will have lots of choices, but you want those choices to be with you. So, you know, continue to invest in the right partners and, and, and just know where you are today and where you want to go to. And, and you know, from a business perspective, you know, certainly we can help in, in all those things. So that's, that's a single point of view. I'd sort of say know where you are and where do you want to get to. Absolutely. And then the other thing I'll add to that is then once you've got them, just make sure that they're enabled the right way uh, because you spend a lot to get the right ones on board. So how do you keep the partner engaged? And then how do you make sure that they're engaging the customers in the right way? Because I see that still as a big gap uh, that needs to be closed. Buyers have changed. The buyer experience is more important than ever. So you've got to work almost twice as hard uh, to get a channel partner enabled and engaged and keep them engaged in this competitive landscape. So Nigel, man, always great to talk everything channel with you. Um, good luck with the new company. I'm really excited about it and we're going to track the pro uh, progress of uh, biz size. And um, we are going to uh, keep tapping your expertise when it comes to channel partners as, uh, as the evolvers have more questions. So I look forward to inviting you back in the near future to learn how the, the biz size endeavor is progressing and uh, to get more insights from you on how to optimize channel partner programs. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Thanks. <laughs>